what's up, everybody? Mick Gillespie in for Kyle Henderson. I'm with the recruiting guru himself, Mr. Andrew Bone. Welcome to the Bama Insider Recruiting Show. This is where Andrew Bone gives you the latest information on Alabama football recruiting. Drop your comments in the comment box for Bone. Remember, all Super Chats go to Mr. Andrew Bone. A Super Chat is, uh, a super chat is like a tip, so... Just remember that. And uh, first off, before we get going, Bone, condolences. I know it's been a tough week for you. You know, I was raised by my grandmother. She's the biggest influence in my life. So I know you had a tough week, man. And all of us, we love you, brother, and we know you had a tough week, man. Condolences. Yeah. Thank you, Mick. Yeah, my uh, grandmother passed away last Thursday, uh, 98 years old. She was a you know, a special woman. I mean, she had a had a great life, special life. Um, she loved by loved by many, and uh, you know, we'll never forget her. So, uh, you know, really, uh, really appreciate all the time that I had with her. And it was a, uh, you know, it was a tough situation for our whole family. When my wife and I were the last two to see her alive last Thursday, spent about you know thirty minutes with her, and then about forty five minutes later, we got a text that she had passed away, and. Um, you know, so that's something that's going to you know be with us for the rest of our lives, and um, you know we were very thankful that we got a chance to uh, see her one last time. So that was a you know tough weekend for us, tough weekend for our family. Uh, my father's mother, um, and he has you know three other brothers, and um, you know a lot of a lot of grandkids, some great grandkids, and uh, you know big family. So you know it was a uh, it was a tough situation, but hey, you know what? She had a great life, and uh, you know very happy to uh, to get a chance to spend a little bit of time with her. So. I really appreciate the thoughts and prayers from from everyone. You know, I had a lot of a lot of different messages from Alabama fans on uh, on Twitter, on social media, on uh, on the Bama Insider Recruiting Board. Um, you know, it, it means the world to us. So, uh, so really appreciate uh, all the fans out there that were praying and thinking of us this uh, this past weekend. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. Um, and and we, you realize you put things in perspective. You know, like just. We all love football and we love being a part of, you know, all this stuff. But, you know, there's other things, too, that are way more important, you know, when you go through this. Um, all right, Bone, look, let's get into the recruiting. Alabama lands Kool-Aid, and that turns out to be just a super recruit for the Crimson Tide. They get him on Sunday. Yeah, a huge commitment for Alabama, uh, getting Kool-Aid, of course, you know, we just talked about my grandmother. You know, Kool-Aid committed uh, during my grandmother's uh, funeral on, on on Sunday. So, uh, you know, no surprise there that, uh, you know, I'm sure grandmother would have loved to see uh, seen Kool-Aid make that decision because she was an Alabama fan. But, um, you know, Kool-Aid makes that commitment to Alabama. Um, you know, it's a huge pickup, you know, not only because he's the number one player in the state of Alabama, but it's a, it's a huge position of need. Um, you know, next year, you know, Potentially lose Patrick Sertain, uh Jr. Um, you know that's definitely a, a you know a strong possibility. You know he's projected as a first round draft pick. Uh, you know there's going to be some you know wide open competition for Alabama. You know they've got a great defensive back class so far. I mean you know certainly you know extremely talented. But you know Jaquincy McKinstry, number two cornerback in the entire country uh, according to Rivals.com. Um, you know and a guy that. Many felt like was going to Auburn. He even felt like he was going to Auburn. Probably, you know, month month and a half ago, he talked about how he was, you know, really leaning towards, uh, you know, towards Auburn. But then over the last month, he just really, you know, thought hard about it and, um, you know, felt like Alabama was the best choice for him. Um, you know, the obviously the defensive back reputation, the development, Nick Saban, 
um, you know, the proximity to the home, the, you know, people that he you know knows down there. Uh, but also, um, you know, he grew up a big fan of Alabama. He didn't really let that out. You know, a lot of people kept saying, you know, Kool-Aid's a fan of, you know, this school or that school. And I think a lot of people were making predictions. He never really said, you know, I was a big Alabama fan growing up. He always just said, you know, anytime we ever talked to him about anything, he always just said, um, you know, I like both both in-state schools growing up. I like this school. I like that school. Uh, I was just a fan of the SEC. So uh, he never really came out and said, I grew up a diehard Alabama fan. Well, he finally came out and said that after he committed to Alabama on Sunday. Um, so, yeah, you got to give a lot of credit to Carl Scott, uh, Alabama cornerbacks coach, who's also his lead recruiter throughout the entire process. I just, you know, I kept thinking, even though, you know, there was all these predictions coming in on Auburn and he was even favoring Auburn at one point, um, and even I felt like he was going to Auburn, I just had it kind of in the back of my head. There's no way Carl Scott's going to let this guy get away. Carl Scott's one of the best recruiters in the country. Um, you know, he's got a really good defensive back class, but you know, this is the this is his you know prize recruit in this class. This is an in-state kid. You know, his territory. You know, the number one uh, you know player in the state of Alabama. Uh, Carl Scott probably would not want to would not have wanted to go to work the next day uh, when Kool Aid announced for another school. So uh, so I you know I just. They never saw him, um, you know, never saw Carl Scott missing out on him. Even if Kool-Aid would have committed to Auburn, I thought Carl Scott was going to fight for him all the way until the end and, uh, and you know, didn't have to. He ended up getting his commitment uh, on, on Sunday. So huge commitment there, you know, a guy that can come in, you know, can, can contribute right away. Um, like I said, this is a great defensive back class. I mean, don't get me wrong. This is, uh, you know, one of Saban's best classes in terms of, you know, overall defensive backs. This is the fifth defensive back commitment. Um, I think it's a, a very talented, very competitive class. I mean, you got a lot of a lot of just absolute dogs in this class who are going to, you know, have a lot of a lot of swagger, a lot of confidence, and, and that's what you need. I mean, this is you know the number one recruiting class in the country, and you're hitting needs on both sides of the football. I mean, you know, we talked about going uh, into this recruiting cycle. You know, Alabama really needs some offensive linemen, wide receivers on defense. You know, load up at linebacker, defensive line. Uh, you know, cornerback, and uh, and they've certainly done a great job right now uh, so far. So, you know, there's still some key targets who are out there. They're he- you know, heavily recruiting, heavily wanting to add uh, to this class, and you know, I think that they can continue to uh, to add some really elite talent uh, in, over the course of the next few months. Why did McKinstry announce on Sunday? What's the reasoning behind that? Well, you know, I think uh, it was just time. You know, he was ready to make that commitment. Um, you know, we had been talking about, you know, Kool-Aid making a decision for months. Um, you know, and he'd been saying every single day, I'm going to commit on this day. I'm going to commit on that day. Um, you know, or, I could commit tomorrow. I could commit on signing day. Well, you know, he finally decided, all right, I'm ready. I know where I want to go. And, um, you know, obviously his whole his entire family was behind him. Well, no doubt about it. So what does that leave Alabama? And let me remind everyone, too, that this is the Bama Insider Recruiting Show. Andrew Bone's giving us the latest information and insight on recruiting Alabama still with the number one class, according to rivals. Um, Where does this leave Alabama when it comes to spots available and where do they go now that they've added another defensive back? Yeah, you know, I talked about this today on Bama Insider, uh, just in terms of the overall numbers. Um, yeah, I think the overall numbers 
uh, you know, nobody really knows for sure how many spots are left because you know you can you can play around with the numbers a little bit. You can kind of figure some things out. Alabama is always trying to uh, you know nitpick and try to try to figure it all out you know towards the end. But everybody keeps saying, oh, there's only two spots left. There's only three spots left. I think there's kind of a range. I think you know there's a, you know a range between two and four spots that remain. You know, Alabama definitely will take two. Will they take three? I, I think so. Now four. That's going to be a little bit of a stretch, but there's still so many guys that are out there. They're heavily recruiting. If you know, if they can get some of those guys on board, it's going to be hard for them to turn down. Um, you know, you look on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, it wide receiver. I mean, Brian Thomas still still out there. You know, still a key target for Alabama. You know, they're still also recruiting Xavier Worthy, uh, Michigan commitment. I you know, I don't know if he's going to flip, but I do think that Alabama has a chance. Uh, you know, a real strong chance with Brian Thomas. Um, you know, then the defense side of the ball, you, you know, you asked about, you know, how many more defensive backs will Alabama take? Alabama has five defensive back commitments right now. Sage Ryan, that's somebody that Alabama fans need to pay, you know, pretty close attention to over the course of the next few days because he's going to be announcing his decision on Halloween. So on Saturday, Sage Ryan, one of the top safeties in the country out of Louisiana, is announcing his decision. Now, for the last few months, it has seemed like a very close battle between Alabama and LSU. Now, he's got some family ties to LSU, lives in Louisiana, and definitely a, uh, you know, definitely somebody that many LSU fans feel like is a lot to LSU. I, I just don't know if that's the case. I think Alabama has really done a great job behind the scenes working him, and uh, you know, would not be surprised if he he predicted, or excuse me, if he committed to Alabama on Saturday. I'm not predicting just yet. Give me a couple more days to make a firm, solid prediction. But I think that Alabama is very much in the race with Sage Ryan, despite all the connections with LSU. I think I think they've done a good job. And and you never know. LSU just picked up a safe an in-state safety commitment, uh, you know, this week. So that may be a, a a sign right there that Sage Ryan may be heading to Alabama. But we'll wait and see. Uh, you know, let's not uh, let's not count those chickens just yet. So uh, uh, let's see what happens. But uh, but I'll I'll be making a firm prediction here in the next couple of days on BamaInsider.com. But I think Alabama's very much in the race with uh, with Sage Ryan heading into that decision this weekend. Talking recruiting with Andrew Bone. Don't forget, all Super Chats go to Mr. Bone himself as we talk about Kool-Aid committing to Alabama, the number one class. just keeps on getting better. Let's stick with Sage Ryan for a second because there's a lot of smoke that Alabama could possibly get him, which would make this secondary, this young secondary coming in even better. Uh, what are the, the – the, with all these guys that they have coming in the secondary, would that deter someone from from him, you know, like him, from coming? Or are there enough spots available to have him and, got, and Kool-Aid and the rest of the guys that they would have coming in for that secondary spot? Yeah, you, you know, sometimes you, you, you just don't know. Um, you know, Alabama has always kind of felt like, you know, Five, six defensive backs in this class was kind of a uh, you know a must. Um, you know, will it potentially you know spurn someone from this class to go somewhere else? You know, we don't know. We don't know if that's going to affect somebody a lot. But you know, Alabama has a great defensive back class right now. Most of the guys are corners. I mean, you get you have um, you know Kyrie Jackson, top junior college, one of the top junior college cornerbacks in the country, recruited. You know, pretty much as a corner. Jaquincy McKinstry recruited as a corner. Uh, Devontae Smith, Smitty 2.0. 
uh, is what I like to call him. He's a, uh, you know, he, he's a, you know, definitely a guy who can play, uh, you know, just about any position in the defensive backfield, but recruiting, you know, mostly as a corner. Kadarius Callaway, six foot, uh, about 210 pounds. Now, 210 pounds, and a lot of people want to think safety automatically, but this is a 4-5-0-40-type uh, guy. I mean, he's a tremendous athlete, can play just about any defensive back position. Kane Williams, uh, you know, another very talented defensive back out of the state of Louisiana. Alabama already has one, uh, you know, really good defensive back from Louisiana. Can they potentially get two? So we'll see. Uh, but, you know, Alabama, if Sage Ryan wants to commit to Alabama, Alabama is not going to say no. Um, but, you know, we'll see if, uh, you know, that may affect somebody else's decision uh, a little bit down the road. But for the most part, these guys are pretty solid commitments. But, um, you know, let's just say if they do get six commitments, if they do get Sage Ryan, I think that does really affect, you know, what p- potentially may happen with Terry and Arnold. Terry and Arnold has been one of Alabama's top targets for a very long time out of Tallahassee. Alabama gets six defensive back commitments. I, I just don't know if Terry and Arnold is going to end up at Alabama. I think he'll probably end up going somewhere else. So what has Carl Scott done to have a recruiting class like this? Obviously Alabama's corner coach. Well, I think he's one of the best recruiters in the country. I think, you know, the relationships that he builds with recruits, um, you know, this is a tough year on the recruiting, uh, on the, on the recruiting front because, you know, you don't get a chance to really spend time with recruits in person. You don't get a chance to, you know, work with them at camp. You don't get a chance to go see them on Friday nights or, or, uh, you know, or during the spring or spend time with them at, at, at camp. You know, you just don't get a chance to do that. Or, or, you know, on Saturdays when they're coming in to visit, you're not on, you know, you're not visiting with them before the game. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, with Carl Scott and the rest of the coaching staff, I think, you know, just the relationships that they've built, you know, via phone calls, via text messages, via social media, you know, throughout the, out the entire year, you know, all the FaceTime calls. Uh, I think that's, uh, you know, really been a big plus for Alabama in this recruiting cycle. How many spots are there? I mean, like you hear 22 and then, you know, Rivals has 22. You say there's 23. I mean, kind of explain that situation to us. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You know, a few weeks ago we said something about, um, you know, Caden Clark. You know, Caden Clark with a gray shirt. Um, you know, it's going to be – and somebody tried to argue with me the other day about how Caden Clark's only counted against the 85 number. He's not counted against the, you know, this year's recruiting class. Whoever's saying that is not – you know, it's not accurate. He is counted as a part of this recruiting class, and that's been 100% confirmed uh, by those that uh, that make those decisions and know a little bit more than I do. Uh, but, yeah, he's definitely a part of this class. So you really have 23 commitments in this class if you want to include Caden Clark in it, which Alabama has to include Caden Clark in it. So you, there's only about, I would say, three maybe four more spots remaining. So if things are getting, you know, pretty tricky. Now, as I said earlier, Alabama can potentially, you know, work some numbers out. You know, you may have a gray shirt. You may have a blue shirt. You, you know, you may can count. You make with a blue shirt, you can bring a guy in, but he's not counted until next year's class. Gray shirt, he doesn't come in until the next, you know, until the following recruiting class. So, uh, you know, those are some things that, you know, Alabama, you know, always has on the table. Every school has it. It's not just that thing that Alabama uses. Every school can use that. Uh, so, you know, it's something that I think you know, Alabama always likes to wait until the end, along with other, other schools. It's not just, like I said, it's not just an Alabama thing. Everybody thinks it's just an Alabama yeah. thing. It's not just an Alabama thing. You've got to wait to see who's still out there, who wants to commit to your program. And then if some of those top guys want to commit to your program, then you start trying to figure out, all right, you know, who's, 
will potentially be a gray shirt? Who will potentially be a blue shirt? What can we do to make this work? And who who will agree to it? Who wants to, um, you know, de potentially delay their enrollment? And, you know, there's been plenty of kids who, you know, I've said, hey, that's probably the best thing for me. And there's been some kids who've said, absolutely not and ended up going somewhere else so uh, we'll just have to wait and see what happens but yeah i still think alabama is heavily recruiting now, obviously they're heavily recruiting about 10 to 12 players but there's really probably in my opinion you know at least four more names three to four more names that we're going to see join this recruiting class he's andrew bone he's our recruiting guru i'm mick gillespie and for kyle henderson kyle's on assignment he'll be back next week for the recruiting show so he actually filled for me yesterday on uh, Monday Night Quarterback, and that's where we break down everything that happened Saturday and the SEC. We're talking recruiting right now, though, and we are taking your questions. So you guys that are out there watching, uh, you got questions. Now's the time to ask Andrew Bone, and here's the first one right here. It's from Metcraft. He says, uh, what is it, 85 total scholarships you have? Some guys will probably transfer. You know, and that's a good question. If they transfer, how does that work as far as recruiting goes? Because they've had some guys that go in the transfer portal. We saw a couple guys transfer to Mississippi State. You know, how does that work as far as scholarships go? Yeah, you know, with everybody, you know, in this, you know, this weird year in 2020, um, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, the NCAA, you know, has pretty much told everyone that they're going to have a – you know, they're going to have another year. If, you know, this year doesn't count. If they don't want it to count, it doesn't count. So uh, they've got a free year if they want to come back. You know, we're going to see, you know, we're going to see 115 players, you know, on scholarship. I mean, there's just no way of getting around it. Uh, you know, I think that's what you're going to have to do. It's not going to be, you know, you're not going to see 85 players on scholarship uh, at schools next year. So, you know, that number is going to be expanded next year. Now they may have to, you know, obviously, uh, you know, either trim that down at some point or, you know, continue to keep it that way. But, you know, there, there's just no getting around it. And especially if, you know, there's just so many things I think the NCAA and these colleges are going to have to figure out because, uh, especially with giving these, uh, you know, these athletes, these student athletes, another year of eligibility, uh, you know, it's not like they're going to say, okay, well, you can't sign, you know, this many players. You can still, you're still, you know, these players are still, or these programs are still going to go out there and sign, you know, 20 to 25 players in, in every single recruiting class, you know, regardless of, of the situation. So we'll see what happens. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of discussion moving forward, but, you know, nobody expected, you know, COVID-19 to, to hit the country, uh, hit the world. And, um, you know, this is something that everybody's having to deal with. And it's something that, you know, is causing a lot of problems, but, you know, at least the NCAA is giving a lot of, uh, you know, they're at least giving an opportunity for these kids, you know, to have another year. But I, I don't think, you know, we're, we're going to see definitely a lot more than uh, 85 scholarship players uh, on a team next year. He's Andrew Bone. I'm Mick Gillespie. Remember, folks, hit that like button. Hit the thumbs up. Say thanks. You love listening to Andrew Bone give you those recruiting tips. And, and don't forget, all the Super Chats go to Andrew Bone. So uh, make sure you send those his way as well as we talk about Alabama recruiting. The big news, obviously, Sunday, they get Kool-Aid. They get McKinstry. That was a guy that they were kind of gearing up to get. So now it's kind of looking at this class, and I thought this was a really good question because, Matthew, I was going to ask something similar, but he says uh, could be the best two classes in a row that we've ever had. Um, and it talks about maybe there weren't any pass rushers. I want you, Bone, take this question from Matthew and kind of build on it. 
Where do you compare this to since you've been covering Alabama as far as talent on the recruiting class? <laughs> you know, that's, uh, it, you know, that's tough because, you know, you look back at some of these, you know, great classes that Alabama's had throughout, you know, the, you know, the last, you know, 12, 13 years. And, you know, there's been some special classes. I mean, you know, I always go back to that 2008 recruiting class, which really kind of set the tone, you know, for what Alabama has built. Um, you know, with guys like Mark Ingram and Dante Hightower and, and Julio Jones, uh, you know, that crew. I mean, it was such a special, special class. And then, you know, the next year, 2009, was another just unbelievable uh, recruiting class with, with Trent and Eddie and, um, you know, just so many talented players in, in that class, DJ Fluker, AJ McCarron. Um, you know, the list kind of goes on and on. But, uh, you know, I think that, um, you know, Alabama certainly, you know, in this year's class, I mean, it's certainly special. I mean, I think, you know, offensive line-wise, you know, Alabama has four very, very talented offensive line, which could potentially be, you know, their best offensive line class that they've put together in the Saban era. I mean, I, I certainly mm -hmm. feel that way, especially with J.C. Latham and Tommy Brockermeyer. You know, these two guys, these are two guys that are potentially, you know, top 10 players. Uh, Tommy Brockermeyer currently is the number 10 overall player. I know Latham's listed as, you know, top five, you know, at some other, some other recruiting sites, but uh, he's not on Rivals yet. But, you know, there's a lot of discussion that he might be the best offensive lineman uh, in the country. So, um, you know, I certainly think that this is a special offensive line class, the wide receiver class, extremely talented as well. I mean, you know, you always compare, you know, different position groups and, and you know, the position group in 2017, uh, you know, with Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs uh, and, and Smitty. I mean, you know, is this class better than that class? I wouldn't say that just yet. That's that's a pretty spectacular uh, wide receiver class back in 2017. But it's but this class is really good. I mean, Ja'Cory Brooks, Christian Leary, Ajay Hall. I mean, this is a very talented, uh, you know, very talented recruiting class. And then obviously on the defensive side of the ball, uh, you know, really like the DB class, the linebacker class, extremely talented as well. So it's certainly a uh, you know a class that uh, that Alabama fans can get very excited about. You know, we were talking about you know this recruiting class, you know six months ago about how, you know, they were ranked number 62 in the country. They couldn't get anybody to commit. There was all these other programs that were just lapping Alabama on the recruiting front. And we just kept saying, you know, just slow down. Everything's going to work out the way it is. Uh, you know, just be patient. And, uh, and obviously, you know, when Alabama's key targets started making decisions, they started reeling, the they started reeling guys in and, uh, and they haven't slowed down. Um, you know, they got Kool-Aid last weekend. Are they potentially going to get another big commitment this weekend in Sage Ryan? It's, it's very possible. He's Andrew Bone. Don't forget to hit the thumbs-up button if you like the show. He's uh, on every Tuesday night talking recruiting, so make sure that you come by, hang out, and, uh, and join us. K-Bar wants to know, has Corey Foreman crossed us off his list? Uh, defensive tackle from Mason, Louisiana. No, nah, hey, I'll, I'll give you a pass there. They, they're asking about two separate guys, Corey Foreman and Mason Smith from Louisiana. So let me start. <laughs> I'm the fill-in, okay? <laughs> okay, okay. Um, forgive me, though. Forgive me. So Corey Foreman, you know, number one player in the country out of California, he, he hasn't necessarily come out and said Alabama's off my list, but he's not going to Alabama. You know, he visited Alabama one time. You know, he's visited LSU, Georgia. And, you know, all these other places, he's not going to Alabama. And 
I just I don't even think Alabama's really in his top five. He may say Alabama's in his top five, but I think they're just, you know, kind of hanging in there. But I, I don't even think he's really talking to Alabama. Um, and another guy that, you know, was mentioned is Mason Smith, five-star defensive tackle out of Louisiana. Um, you know, Mason Smith you know, was a big Alabama fan growing up. But over the course of the last, uh, you know, a couple of years, you know, more so LSU, you know, visited LSU a bunch of times. Everybody down in Louisiana thinks he's going to LSU. You know, that may be the case, but I think he's, you know, very much in play for Alabama. Continues to talk to Alabama very regularly. Put out a top five, uh, I think it was, you know, about a week and a half ago. Alabama's still very much in it. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, if I were to pick, you know, where he's going to go to college, I'd probably lean more LSU, maybe Georgia. Georgia certainly a school that's very high on his list as well. But Alabama's certainly in it. You know, if they can get him back on campus, he's going to be making a decision on December the 18th. So there's no official visits, nothing that is, you know, going to happen. But he may end up coming back up to Tuscaloosa at least one weekend, just seeing everything. But, you know, he continues to talk with the coaching staff, has a good relationship with Pete Golding. Freddie Roach, the defensive line coach. So we'll see what happens. But as of right now, uh, I wouldn't expect either one of those guys uh, in Alabama's recruiting class. If you like the show, make sure you tell Andrew Bone with a super chat that you appreciate it. Ask a question in there as well. Also hit the thumbs up as you watch. This is the Bama Insider Recruiting show, I'm Mick Gillespie in for Kyle Henderson. He'll be back next Tuesday. Andrew Bone, obviously the best in the business. Great to see you back, Andrew. All right, here's an awesome question. I, I really like this one a lot. Um, and it was, well, that's not the one I was looking at, but here's a different one. I, I'm going to ask you the one I was thinking, and then we'll get into this as well. Um, someone wanted to know how tough it is when you know that something's going on in recruiting not to announce it, you know, to kind of keep it quiet. Oh, it's not that tough. I mean, you know, we've been in this business a long time, 18 years. Um, you know, you don't want to ruin a kid's moment. Now, has that happened before? Um, yeah, yeah, and it sucks. I mean, it, you know, kids want to, you know, have their moment, whether they want to announce it on Twitter, whether they want to announce it, you know, via, you know, whatever, press conference. Um, you know, and sometimes uh, it gets let out of the bag a little bit too soon. And, uh, you know, sometimes – uh, you know, man, maybe it comes from a, uh, you know, from a, from a different school, um, you know, a school saying, oh, this kid's, you know, flipping from us or he's not going here. He's going there. So, uh, you know, sometimes that sucks because that, that stuff does get out there. But um, as far as, you know, we are concerned at BamaInsider.com, you know, we've been told many, many times, um, you know, well beforehand, um, you know, where a kid's going to go to college um, or where he's at least going to commit to. Sometimes he doesn't go to that college. Sometimes he flips. But uh, but we've been told many, many times, you know, we knew we knew Kool-Aid was coming uh, to Alabama. We knew he was going to announce, uh, you know, knew that, you know, for about, mm, <laughs> I think about a week or so, maybe a little bit longer, maybe two weeks. But, um, you know, just can't, you know, can't say where a kid's going to go. It's their moment. It's not our moment. You know, it's, it's their moment. I'm not trying to, you know, break a story on, uh, you know, over a kid announcing his decision. Um, you know, our goal is to put the information out there um, and and put it out there the way that people want to read it. Um, you know, we talked to Kool-Aid about his commitment. You know, we put that out there. He explained why he committed to Alabama. We talked to his coach, Sam Shade, uh, former Alabama star uh, on the 92 national championship team, talk to him about, you know, what he saw in Kool-Aid and what makes him such a special player. So that's what we want you to read. We don't care about, you know, 
ruining a kid's moment. And, and most people in this industry don't, you know, they want to, you know, they do it the right way. Um, you know, we have a lot of competition uh, in this market, but, uh, but, you know, most people, they completely understand the situation. I think the only people that really kind of come in and try to ruin a kid's moment are the guys that, uh, you know, maybe they don't work for a big network. You know, they're trying to make a name out, you know, for themselves. Uh, but, um, but for the most part, you know, there's a lot of respect uh, for these kids and their decisions. And, and that's what it's all about because it's, it's not your moment. It's their moment. He's Andrew Bone. Make sure you hit the thumbs up. Hit the like button. Appreciate Andrew Bone. Make sure you hit him with a super chat as we talk Alabama recruiting like we do right here on BamaInsider.com every Tuesday night with Bone. Uh, Bone, here's a good question from Daniel. I like this one a lot, too. How different would team recruiting be if there wasn't COVID? Oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, I certainly think it'd be different. Now, you know, for Alabama, it's worked out pretty well. I mean, but I, I do think there's probably some guys that um, that they could have had on their recruiting board uh, now that, uh, that are, you know, simply not there, um, you know. I think with Xavier Worthy, I think that's a, you know, a big guy right there that uh, Alabama heavily recruited the, uh, you know, Rivals 100 wide receiver out of California is committed to Michigan, never had a chance to visit Alabama. You know, I think he was, you know, was hoping to get to Tuscaloosa during the summer. I think, you know, he would have been just, I think he would have been won over by Alabama coaching staff. Um, you know, Tamise Adelier, um, you know, that's another guy that you know, Alabama, you know, was very much involved with or, and still very much involved with, still could end up going to Alabama. But, you know, he was supposed to visit Alabama back in the spring. COVID hits, he ends up committing to Ohio State. Now, you know, the good thing for Alabama is he decided to decommit from Ohio State. Alabama's considered one of his top three schools, so we'll kind of see what happens. You know, Amarius Mims, five-star offensive tackle from Georgia, never had an opportunity to visit uh, Tuscaloosa again. And, you know, I know a lot of you know a lot of different programs. We've seen you know different recruits go to these schools, but they really haven't had an opportunity to you know spend an, a lot of time with these college coaches, with the strength and conditioning staff, with the academic support staff, uh, with everybody that uh, that you typically get a chance to spend time with during a recruiting visit. A lot of that you know it just hasn't happened. Hasn't happened since junior days. Um, you know, back in, uh, you know, back in February and January. So uh, I do think that this class, you know, would be a little bit, bit different. You never know if, you know, maybe there's a guy in Alabama's class right now who may be, who may be going somewhere else because, you know, they had an opportunity to visit another school and, and may have fallen in love. So, but, you know, for the most part, I think things are pretty, pretty good for Alabama right now, sitting with that top recruiting class in the country. But I do feel like they have probably missed out on a few guys um, that they would have landed if, uh, if COVID didn't happen. We're talking to Andrew Bone. Make sure you hit the like button, hit the thumbs up. Also, Super Chats are definitely welcome as Bone talks recruiting like he does right here on our YouTube channel every Tuesday night. Um, okay, Bama's got the number one recruiting class. We've talked about Kool-Aid committing on Sunday, some of the other guys, and we'll kind of recap that here before we go off the air. But Jackie has a question, and it kind of is a follow-up to, you know, like keeping information to yourself. Um, and, and I'll throw this out there. I was at the football game on Saturday, and I met uh, Clay Travis. He's a you know a Tennessee grad. He's like a national radio guy. And, I, and they bring me to meet him, and I walk up, and he kind of blows me off. I'm like, this guy, I can't believe this. 
and then you know, I walk away and I come back. He, they had a five-star recruit in town, quarterback recruit, and he was talking to that guy, and so he was preoccupied. It is to to get these guys to commit to your school, you know, is such a big deal, and I understand that. I mean, look, that's what we do right on here. If information, say he would told Clay, you know, for example, who you know I think does a really good job on the air. If he said, "Hey, you know, I'm coming to Tennessee," and Clay leaked it out, what? Could that possibly change the guy's commitment? And Jackie wants to know, has that ever cost anyone a, a commit where maybe it was leaked out that someone was going to come somewhere and then one of you guys found out about it and, and, and released it and they don't go? Yeah, you know, I won't name any players, um, but I will say that, you know, in my 18 years of covering recruiting, it has happened before. Um, and, and I've seen it. I've seen it. Um, you know, Alabama's lost a recruit before because of it. Um, you know, other programs have lost recruits, you know, before because of it. Now, there's been some times where they've been able to reel those guys back in, but it does happen. Um, you wouldn't think it would happen uh, just because, you know, who cares? Uh, but recruits care. You know, you know, sometimes a recruit may say, you know, tell a college coach, hey, do not let anything out about my commitment. Um, you know, I'm going to commit to you. Don't let a, a single thing, you know, word out because it does. I mean, recruits get it. You know, they know that, um, you know, that stuff leaks from time to time, and and it happens. It happens a lot. It happens a lot more than than people will ever imagine. But uh, people got to keep it quiet. If a reporter is told, you know, hey, you know, this kid's committing, you got to keep it quiet. Um, you know, that's just kind of the bottom line. But it has happened before, um, and I won't name any names, but uh, but it has happened. Uh, you know, in the last, you know, 10 or 12 years, it's happened for sure. And it's happened. I wouldn't say it's happened a ton at Alabama. Um, I, I really can't remember, you know, really one particular instance. I know it has, uh, but uh, it, it has happened more so, uh, you know, elsewhere, uh, you know, from my recollection. Here's another good question here, and I'm going to do my best to get this pronunciation right. The nylon Morset. Uh, assuming we land him, do we actually have a chance for Caleb Burton or do we focus on C.J. Williams? What do you think, Bone? Yeah, you know, every week on, uh, you know, on, the, on our show, I always talk about, we always talk about 2020 recruits. And, and it's kind of difficult. It's very difficult because a lot of these guys still have not properly been evaluated, um, you know, because they missed the entire spring evaluation period. No, there were no kids at summer camp this year. So you didn't, you know, Alabama and a lot of these other top programs, they want to see these guys in person at some point. Um, you know, they're hoping to get uh, get kids on campus for junior day that, you know, obviously they're evaluating film, but guess what? It's, it's so much more than just evaluating high school film. You got to see these kids in person. You got to size them up. You got to, you know, you got to talk to them and make sure uh, you know, they have the right pedigree to play, uh, you know, at, the University of Alabama. So uh, you want to make sure that they've got every, you know, everything that you're absolutely looking for in a prospect before you uh, you say, all right, well, you know, it, he's got all the skills, but what does he? What else does he have? You know, how smart is he? You know, how how quickly does he? You know, understand defenses uh, and coverages. So uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I think there's just a lot going on. Uh, you know, still that Alabama's going to have to figure out in terms of wide receiver prospects, but. Another big prospect, you know, another big part of it, excuse me, is how is this recruiting class going to finish? Um, you know, will Alabama get another wide receiver? 
So that's going to really be a big part of it. You know, if they end up signing four wide receivers in this class, you know, maybe they only sign two in next year's recruiting class. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see kind of what happens, but you know, those are some of the top guys that are on Alabama's, uh, you know, top of their recruiting board early on. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, you know, I think that we're going to see probably a really small number of wide receivers, but still a lot of evaluation going on. Guess what? We, you know, this time last year, we weren't talking about Jacory Brooks. We weren't talking about AJ Hall. We weren't talking about Christian Leary. We weren't talking about any of those guys as being uh, on Alabama's. Uh, recruiting board or even, you know, especially on their commitment list. And then, uh, you know, now they have three of the best wide receivers in the country. So we'll see how next year's class goes. But I think we're probably still you – know, and we're probably still several months away before we see some uh, you know, some big commitments at the wide receiver position in 2022. He's Andrew Bone. Hit the like button. Hit the thumbs up if you like the show. We appreciate you doing that. Also, Super Chats are certainly welcome for Andrew Bone. Hey, don't forget, Friday night we'll have Bone on the Bama Insider Tailgate Show. We will be on the air 6 to 8 live from Innisfree, previewing Alabama against Mississippi State as the Crimson Tide try to keep their perfect streak alive after a win over Tennessee. 14 straight over Tennessee, which is a new school record. Every time they beat those guys, it's a new school record. And uh, Bone, you know what, not this Friday, but you're going to be back again signing your book man I gotta ask you like all the great stories in your book you you go back through and you look at the recruiting of different great Alabama players I I read the the chapter on Tua and I'm thinking like you know Tua just would not look right to me in a USC uniform or at Oregon you know like or somewhere else like he's Alabama through and through right but it didn't always look like maybe he was going to end up there we got we, we were lucky we got him um, before we really get into the book and where we can meet you and, and, and get a copy, tell me an interesting story about someone like Kool-Aid or in this class that if you were writing a second book, you would think it was interesting enough to do a chapter on. Whether they're going to be a great player or not, we don't know, but you follow this recruiting, and there's got to be some crazy stories in there. Oh, yeah. I mean, there certainly is. I mean, you know, the, you, know you look at a lot of these – you know, recruits that are in this recruiting class. And, you know, you got three guys in this class that were once committed elsewhere. I think, you know, Jalen Milrow would be a fun story to write just because, you know, top quarterback from the state of Texas, um, you know, flipped from Texas to Alabama. Um, You know, he was a strong Alabama lean early on in his recruitment. And then Alabama ends up getting a commitment from Drake May. Well, ends up, you know, Alabama had yet to pick up a commitment from, uh, from Bryce Young. So Alabama wasn't going to take two quarterbacks in uh, in the 2021 recruiting class before Bryce Young committed. So Jalen Milrow ends up committing to, um, to Texas. And then obviously Drake May decommits, flips to North Carolina, and Alabama continues to push hard for, uh, for Jalen Milrow. So I think that would be a fun story to write, you know, just kind of, you know, the dynamics of that whole situation. Obviously Kool-Aid, you know, being the, um, you know, the top player in the state of Alabama, uh, you know, his back and forth. But, you know, he did grow up an Alabama fan. So a lot of people would say, well, he was always going to Alabama the whole time. I think it'd be a little bit more fun to write about Ian Jackson, the Prattville linebacker who grew up a big time Auburn fan. Um, is you know, pretty much his whole family, hardcore Auburn people. Uh, you know, his mom went to school there, his sister goes to school there. So they're all Auburn people. Okay, it'd be almost kind of like writing a story on Rashawn Evans, uh, you know, the Rashawn mm-hmm. Evans story. 
that was in the uh, in the road to Bama. So uh, I think Ian Jackson's story would be pretty fun to write about how he ended up, you know, kind of spurning the family and going to the University of Alabama. But you know, the the road to Bama was such a fun fun book to write for me because you know, I've covered recruiting for 18 years. Um, you know, it was such a uh, uh, we were. That was two weeks ago, so we won't be having that book. Well, it's just like the picture of it, though. I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. So, are uh, you going back to Rounders again? Are we going to see you at Innisfree? Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, absolutely. And I'll be. I'll be at. Uh, if anybody's in the Birmingham area, I'll be at Slice Pizza in Vestavia uh, next Thursday. Um, so, Slice Pizza in, in Vestavia Hills next Thursday for anybody that wants to come by and eat some pizza uh, from from uh, from 5 to 7 p.m. and uh, and hang out with me. We'll probably have a beer or two uh, up there as well. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, the book was such a fun uh, thing to write. I mean, you know, covered uh, all these different recruits from the Saban era, you know, the Shula era, but uh, but really going back uh, to the Bear Bryant era and talking to, you know, all those great former Alabama players like Johnny Musso and John Hanna and Dwight Stevenson and Leroy Jordan, Marty Lyons. I mean, what an honor it was to speak to to all of those guys and, and have them uh, as a part of the book. And then, you know, talking to um, you know guys like Cornelius Bennett and uh, Bobby Humphrey and David Palmer and Langham and Jay Barker, and uh, just so on and so on. I mean, it, it was such a fun, uh, you know, book to write and, and talk to all of those guys about their recruiting journey, uh, talk to their family members, talk to, um, you know, coaches who recruited them, um, and it was, but I'll tell you what was cool was talking to Gene Stallings. Um, yeah, I never had an opportunity to talk to Gene Stallings before, and he couldn't have been, you know, nicer. I mean, what a what an unbelievable uh, guy he is. And uh, you know, when I first called him, you know, he said, and, you know, I asked him how he was doing, and um, you know, he was like, oh, you know, I had, you know, a heart attack and a couple strokes this year, but all other than that, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> Man, I, I don't know if I'd be talking to anybody but uh you know that, that was really cool to speak to him and and hear his memories of uh you know these former players that he coached and you know his favorite player his the best player or i don't know if it was a favorite but he said the absolute best player he ever coached uh was david palmer and uh you know that was deuce certainly, yeah that deuce. Was an honor for me to, to write about david and uh, talk to him and because uh, you know, I, I'm still kind of young. I mean, I'm 35 years old, but, uh, you know, my, some of my first memories uh, as an Alabama football fan, um, you know, it was, uh, was of David Palmer. I mean, you know, I loved, loved David Palmer growing up. And, you know, Antonio Langham, I remember being at the SEC championship game, um, you know, at Legion Field when he had that pick six, um, you know, against Florida. So, uh, you know, I'll always remember that. So that was – you know, and I, I've, you know, Antonio and I have grown to be friends over the course of the last few years. So, um, you know, getting to know him and having him as a part of the book um, was certainly an honor for me. Well, I'll tell you what, just having, you know, you gave me one and just having read through it, it's it's hard to put it down. I mean, you get kind of one story in and then you're like, hey, wait a second, I, I want to hear about how Jay Barker got here. I want to know about Deuce. You know, I remember Deuce. Tennessee fans hate Deuce. <laughs> You know that, right? They hate Deuce because they, they he beat one of the best teams they ever had. It really just tied them, but it you know back when there were ties, you know they don't even do that anymore. Um, scoring a, a late touchdown, so uh, awesome job with the book. And you know, I think all of us that are watching appreciate you know how much time and effort it, it takes to, uh, to to put all those stories down and actually get them on paper. So. 
Um, any final thoughts, Bone, before we kind of bid everybody farewell? I mean, the, the, the great news is that Alabama got Kool-Aid. Uh, you were pretty confident that that was going to happen, and he made his announcement. We've kind of dwindled down to a small group of, you know, players that are still – spots, really, that are still available for players. And I guess from here on out, it's trying to figure out, you know, what spots match, what players are still available. But Alabama a chance to finish with the number one recruiting class. Yeah, yeah, I, I do think they they've got a great chance to finish one or two. I mean, Ohio State, you know, certainly you know has a chance still to finish potentially as the number one class. They had they had some key five star recruits who were still out there who were leaning to them right now. But we're still two months away from you know uh, you know a lot of players making their decisions. So um, you know, I think we're going to see uh, you know we're going to see some you know probably some pretty big surprises. I mean, you know, there's so many guys in this recruiting class. That, and I said this on our on the Bama Insider Recruiting Board earlier today. I said, you know, two months prior to these guys announcing, we weren't talking about, you know, J.C. Latham being in Alabama's class. We weren't talking about T.J. Ferguson being in Alabama's class or A.J. Hall or Christian Leary or, uh, or Kool-Aid. You know, we all thought, you know, everyone thought Kool-Aid was going to Auburn. Even Kool-Aid thought he was going to Auburn. Um, so – even though somebody may be, it may look like somebody's leaning towards one school today. That may not be the case, you know, come mid December or come January or come February. Um, you know, you just have to continue to recruit these guys all the way until the end. Cause you never know how it's going to unfold. Uh, but there's still some key spots that, you know, there are excuse me, key targets who are out there only a few spots left. But I still think Alabama's got a really good chance to finish extremely strong. And like I said, we'll see what happens with Sage Ryan come Saturday because I do think that Alabama is very strongly in the mix for him. Uh, and it's coming down to the wire between Alabama and LSU. And, you know, we've talked about for months how LSU seems like the, you know, the heavy favorite for him because of the family connections the um, you know, and the proximity to home. But you know, Alabama has really kind of sold him on being that next Xavier McKinney uh, at the University of Alabama, and I, I think he's been listening for a while. I, mean, I would not be surprised if uh, he ended up committing to Alabama on Saturday. If he commits, how much better does Alabama's recruiting class get? Well, he's the number 32 player overall in the Rivals 100, um, you know, right on the cusp of a five-star. So uh, it gets really good, and it certainly sends some shockwaves throughout the, uh, you know, the recruiting landscape. Um, you know, especially with a guy from Louisiana who's been considered an LSU lean throughout the entire process. Um, you know, LSU family, uh, you know, definitely uh, that would definitely be a, a big win for Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide if they're able to get Sage Ryan on Saturday. Well, I guess that just about does it for us, Bone. Let me remind everyone to hit the thumbs up, send a super chat. Bone gets that as we kind of wrap things up here. Uh, I'll be back on Friday with Bone. He'll join us this Friday for the um, Bama Insider Tailgate Show. We'll be at Innisfree from 6 to 8 to do the live show right here on YouTube TV. And, and if you miss it, you can also listen to the show from 9 to 11 on Jocks 2, Birmingham, Tuscaloosa, Bone. If you're driving around, freak out your friends and turn the radio on, and there you'll be, right? You'll be talking, but you'll be driving at the same time, right? Um, that's 100.5. Uh, Kyle has a bunch of stuff planned. He'll be on the show Friday night. He'll pop back in on Saturday before the game and then after the game as well. And so 
Uh, you just got so many different things that you can click on and watch here on the Bama Insider YouTube channel. So, man, I appreciate all the insight. I'm I'm getting pretty excited, man. Alabama just the the problem is they just don't they need some more spots just so they can keep on stockpiling all this talent, Bone. Yeah, that's right. You know, uh, obviously, you know they've got a lot of guys that are out there that they still want. Um, you know, not a lot of spots left, so they'll make it work. You know, I always, I've told everybody for years and years and years, the numbers are going to work. It's, it always works out. Don't worry about the numbers. You know, everybody keeps saying, "Oh, well, there's two spots, there's three spots, there's four spots." Don't worry about it. Just let it play out, and it will, it will all work out the way um, you know you usually want it to. So just uh, just be patient and uh, let things unfold. And uh, I think Alabama fans will be happy with the, the end result. Hey, Bone, thanks a lot, man. Thank you. All right, for Andrew Bone, I'm Mick Gillespie, Kyle Henderson. We'll be back next Tuesday with the Bama Insider Recruiting Show. Thanks for watching, everybody. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to like. And we really appreciate you guys hanging with us tonight. Roll Tide.